What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. I'm super excited about um, this episode. When we get to go like real gear focused, is definitely my favorite. I, I, I like reels and, and tackle and and all that kind of stuff. And so today is going to be a, a cool episode where we kind of get to talk through the story of a, of a of a company that started making reels and uh, has really made an awesome name for themselves. But before we get into that, I'm going to do a little bit of pre-show stuff. Um, as y'all always hear me talk about, go check out the the listener Facebook page, Eastern Current Fishing, so y'all can kind of connect with each other. Um, you know, maybe make a fishing buddy or two off of that. Um, and also, if you do really like this podcast, check out our Patreon account. You can donate five or ten bucks a month. That um, really helps us uh, pay for all the back end stuff here and our time invested into it. Um, or if you just want to do a dollar a month or something like that, you can do your own custom amount. Um, I want to thank our sponsors real quick too, which are uh, here we go: Afco, iStrike, and then Eastern Angling's my guide business. So, so go check out Afco and iStrike. Afco is really awesome uh, gear and clothing brand and then i strike is it makes some incredible jigs and other uh pieces of terminal tackle but that's enough of me rambling i'm going to bring on our guests ryan and wes from siegler reels what's going on guys what's happening oh nothing much nothing much y'all i can already tell it's going to be a good podcast like when i when i get on with somebody and we start talking and then it's just like already good conversation before i can press record i'm like oh crap crap let's press record so uh excited to have y'all on today we've been trying for a little while but the world's been pretty crazy a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about y'all's y'all's kind of individual fishing stories, and, and then kind of how it came together to to Siegler. All right. I guess I'll start first. Cool. Um, I'm the newest member of Siegler. Um, so I actually met Wes in the fall uh, at a um, fly fishing tournament here called uh, Legends of the Fly. I've heard about and, that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's um, for Project Healing Waters, pretty much, and um, it's a Slam Series um, tournament, Redfish, Striper, and uh, Speckled Trout. So I end up going there just to meet a couple of fly fisher guys because I don't see too many people uh, fly fishing salt around here. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw this little kid sitting in the corner at the captain's meeting with uh, a Siegler hat on. I was like, huh, I guess I think I've seen him before. So I went up and introduced myself, and uh, his name's William. He's actually one of our machinists here. And um, he was at the cabin suite. Wes was, I think, it was in Denver for ITD. That was, yeah, that was a late night. Yeah. <laughs> I the next morning, and um, I was talk, talking to William and told him, you know, hey, I'm fishing by myself. If you want to come on my boat, you can. He's like, oh, I'm fishing with Wes. We're supposed to take some vets out. And uh, sure enough, like an hour later, I was like, hey, man, Wes is going to take them both on his boat. Do you mind if I come on your boat? Sure. So we meet up in the morning, and we both just traveled together all day long, and uh, went out, and it was a good day. I mean, took some pictures, and then uh, we started talking ever since. Yeah, it was yeah. a crazy day. Like, so you, everybody knows about IFTD and like how the show closes, and you have to fly out of the town on like a Friday. I knew this tournament was going to happen. Knew IFTD was going to happen, but I was like, God, there's no way in the calendar that's going to be on the same weekend that I finish, and. Uh, I remember calling William and saying, dude, I need my boat full of fuel, <laughs> rods in the gunnels. I was like, I need everything. I need you to find out any, you know, locations. I haven't been home for pretty much a week and a half. And I'm like, we got these older gentlemen. We're taking fishing and uh, let's figure it out. And when we started uh, that morning, I mean, I, I think my flight was delayed. I left Denver that night. It kept getting delayed for storms. I think we left out of Denver like 11 o'clock. Oh, so I get to my house at like 2:45 in the morning. I literally like look at the boat in the driveway. I was like, "All right, I just, you know, had the truck already hooked up. They hooked it up, and uh, 
I remember getting picking him up from a hotel, and I go down, and this guy's out the boat landing, and he's in his little skiff, and I'm looking over. I'm like, all right, it's dark. I got these vets that have been waiting since probably like 4.30, you know, and I'm like, I'm just trying to find coffee. There's nothing open at 5. Early start, let's get on the water at 5, and I'm thinking, like, wow, I was just at, like, you know, Norfolk Airport, like, an hour and a half ago. Um, so this dude's, like, sitting there, and the first thing I knew, knew about him was, like, who is this guy? Where is he taking us? You know, like I, I kind of fought him around and I was like, man, just give us the lead. We got to get these, these guys on some fish. I mean, who cares about what we're doing? And you know, in tournaments, everybody talks that game, right? In right. the beginning. And then you go, they're gone. Right. Like, they're like, oh, I, I really didn't catch anything right back there, but <clears throat> there's nothing back there. Or they slip away and you never see them again. Oh, well, for sure. It was the first time I realized Brian was a cool dude is, they pull up on this edge, and these gentlemen they could they could make about a they make about fifteen foot cast maybe, <clears throat> and uh, I'm in my boat and I'm like behind them, and they're like boom hooking up. Him and William are catching these little stripers, and I'm like, rock on. So I have my trolling motor on. I'm like getting a little closer to them. I'm like they can try to make this cast. I'm like they can't quite get there. Next thing you know, power pull one down, and then I'm move a little closer next day you know, i'm looking at them i'm like i just power i drive right in front of them like literally come across their pole side like side to you got them about 10 feet from a bulkhead <laughs> power pulled down they made a little roll cast boom catch a striper yeah there was awesome. no <laughs> there was nothing at, you know other than like fish cool cool vibe and then we left that little spot those little guys we got them on some fish and they kind of moved on looking for the others and that's kind of how it started. And then later in the day they were calling me and, Hey, what'd you get? And it just kind of kept going. Like they were looking after, especially Ryan was looking after us, um, <clears throat> making the spe- you know, day special for those guys. And it just started going from there. The guy took a photo of us on the water and I'm, you know, in the bow of the boat. I remember the picture. I'm like, there he's hovering behind us, just taking shots. And I'm still like, who's this guy? Like, what is he doing? <laughs> and, um, and we left the day and I, and I get an Instagram post of, um, you know, from Ryan of the, the boat with the guys on it. And it was done just right. Like the way I like the picture taken and stuff. And you kind of knew the style was the same and, um, just kind of started there. And he, and William told me, he's like, man, he's really interested in maybe working together. And just was like, Hey man, if you want to come on board, there's going to be sacrifices cause we're not, a you know, we're not a huge corporation. We're just these couple dudes make fishing reels <clears throat> and um, came on board, made those sacrifices. We get him a little office space and he just started going and uh, pretty cool. So, that's you know, cool. that's kind of how we met. And, you know, it's been a great, great situation and, you know, just been thankful to have him here. Yeah. I think that like we talked about this before we started recording was, the, one of the best parts about Siegler, and there's other companies like this, but not in the in the real world, really, the, the relationships that y'all have built together. And that's kind of how everything's formed and grows is through, you know, personal relationships. And um, you were sharing a little bit about that with like Will Huffine and some of those guys. And um, yep. I just think that's really cool that, that that's kind of the basis of of Siegler, you know, is, is like relationships. And even like, I wanted to talk about this too, was like the what y'all do with, you know, if you catch these three fish on this reel, we give away a free reel, which is so cool, um, on your fly reels. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think that just breaks into like the relationship aspect of it more. Like you've got this reel, but like keep interacting with us. Yeah, absolutely. Like, 
the big thing about the flop business, so we all made conventional reels before, and it was the it was same thing. I mean, even on our reel, it says our words are guaranteed, and <clears throat> you kind of do that with your friends, you know? It's, it's like, hey, bud, you're like, man, this boat's good. You're selling them a boat or a motor or yeah. whatever. Like, man, I, it's, it, I, I, yeah, it's good, man. You know, and you trust, you know, it's a trust. Yeah, for sure. That we do, I mean, our products are expensive and some are better values than others in some ways, you know? Um, right. But at the end of the day, it's like, no matter what happens, just tell us really what happened so we can make it better. You know, if the reel was a problem or if it was a circumstance that happened, it went overboard and you called it and it was underwater for a day or two or three and we've seen it you know um we're like don't worry dude like just get it to us and let's take care of it the relationships are what it's about otherwise we had to quit this thing a long time ago because <clears throat> this is like misery i mean in some days like <laughs> situations like now i mean we talked about you know all the companies out there people um having to be let go and for me it's like we all had a meeting right when i came back in town from florida i was down with joel dickey trying to get his head good and pumped up and stay positive and during when the whole outbreak just started going nuts and i just told everybody like we're all gonna have to make sacrifices but we will live like yeah. if if a couple guys can't afford what they're going through in life i said you know just <clears throat> you know if you have to i mean honestly I was like if you have to move in with me and my wife like we do it that's like, awesome you can't do this we do it like you know either you're here and we're all gonna sacrifice together but we're gonna figure it out yeah and yeah. um we believe that about our customers too, and you know we know hardships happen and situations happen. But when we first started making these reels, I always felt like you spent, you save all your money and then you buy it, and something goes wrong. We've all done that. Like every one of us has bought something and, and got it home and been like, oh, and then you're like, oh my gosh, it just happened and I, it's my fault, or that stinks and I just wasted my money. And we we want to eliminate that, you know. And, yeah. and one of the things was. The fly reels were so different, and I didn't think we were ever going to sell a fly reel. It's crazy. It's a crazy idea. It's um, I made it just for me. <clears throat> I didn't really care to sell them. It was a distraction. I like fly fishing. I love fly fishing. I like big, mean fish, and <laughs> and I like smashing them, you know. And and the one thing was I, I didn't want to sell them, so I made this crazy price. And I wasn't making many of them because Ryan now sees that it's not. It's each one of them. I pretty much have to build. Um, or machine uh, the fly reels. So yeah. <laughs> I made this one thing thinking, well, if you're, you know, you probably heard many times like, oh man, can I get um, a deal? I'm so good or captain wise. For right. my world, they're always like, this is like a captain's handshake or pro staff handshake. It's like, like here's my hands, give me. Yeah. You know, they put their hands <laughs> out in front of you. Like, hey, I'm, I'm cool. I'm so and so. I've never used your product, but I want to use it. Right. I'm right. like, I'm sponsored. I'm like, if you haven't used it, then how do you know you like it? You might not. You might hate our stuff, right? <laughs> and so I, I kind of was like, kept hearing these people say this stuff. So I was like, all right, you're so bad to the bone. You buy a reel and you catch all these fish because you travel the world because you really are saying and doing what you do. Then you deserve a free reel. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where it started. So like that was um, people thought that was nuts for me to go down that road. But I was like, I don't care. You know, I. I we, we, it's our business. We'll do what we want. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's cool. There's so much chatter about that. And you got to spend a lot of freaking money to get those challenges done. I mean, they're, they're not like you can just go do them in your backyard. You got to, you got to travel. So, definitely a destination fish on each box. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The GT, I mean, it's like <laughs> that's an all expensive one. Like all the way on across the world. 
I think like a lot of people don't realize that Hawaii is a uh, is probably the least expensive place to try to go to the GT. Yeah, that's you know, true. Right? That's a lot true. of people go there. I mean, not me, but like a lot of people go there for vacations or with family, and then they could slip away for a day. Like when you go to the Seychelles or you go to somewhere like no, you're else, committed. you're committed, and usually it's just you. Yeah. Um, so that's a way that you can kind of work it in. Um, yeah, I mean, it's we've had one person complete it. Really, only one. It's I knew it was going to be a tough challenge to do. <laughs> yeah, so he did the MF, and and it was pretty cool because first I thought people were just kind of like wasn't paying attention to it, and maybe we didn't talk about it that much. I mean, Ryan came on board and was like, "Well, so you make these things, and you don't really tell anybody really how how to you don't explain them right." And I'm like, "Oh, well, that's a box challenge." I was like, "Here's a box. You don't know how much more do you need to explain." And I was like, "Get a free reel." Yeah. Uh, he's helped me on that side, but like it was interesting. I was on the way down to. Um, uh, the Atlanta show and, and, and man, I get this phone call, man. It's like my wife calls like, man, Andy Bowen's trying to get in touch with you. And I'm like, I know, I know. I've got to give him a call back. And I'm, I'm the worst at calling people back. You and, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got you beat. I, <laughs> I feel bad about it, but it's like at night when I leave the shop at nine at night or so, I'm like, they don't want me calling them now. Do you, you have know? those specific people that like always happen to call you at the, at the wrong time? And you're like, Oh, I need to call them back. And you there's like four or five friends that I suck at calling back because they always call me when I'm on the water, when I'm eating dinner with my wife or something like that. I can never call them back. And you know the ones that no, no, they they first call, then it's a text. Like, dude, seriously? And then they call my name and text. And then I'm like, text them back a nasty name. And then it goes like, all right, I'll, I, I promise I'll call you at like eight o'clock in the morning, you know? Or, and that's why we hey, yeah. we're on this now talking at the time because at the, as the day starts, it's great. Yeah. As the day ends, it's just it everything gets crazy. Gets That's like me too. I'm a, I'm a little ADD and I'm a great procrastinator. So it's like the end of my end of my days are always full of stuff. Or I'm just sitting on the couch doing nothing, not wanting to do anything. So, <laughs> but I'm sorry, I interrupted you about the box challenge. So to, to explain to people, so people are listening, like exactly what that is, real quick. So if they end up buying a reel, they know what to do. So each each reel comes with a different box or different species, um, but there's four of them each one. Uh, so like the MF, we have this box right here for the MF. So we got striper, rooster, albie, and permit. Um, so pretty much you catch the, any of the, all four of those fish with your, your single reel, take a picture, send it to us, and uh, once you complete all four, we'll, we'll send you a new free reel, okay. um, which is pretty cool to see, though, because a lot of people just get really stoked that they call it like a rooster, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a cool fish to catch on any fly reel. But it's really cool. They're like, oh, mark one off for me. You know, they're, they're super stoked about it. Yeah. And as a fly fisherman, you know, I get excited when people catch stuff. So um, it's really cool. And we're talking about staying connected with our customers. And that was the most important thing. And it, it, it does really work because I get a lot of messages all day long. People send me pictures. Man, I caught one or I had one on, got put to the boat and lost it, you know, yeah. maybe next. Time. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely... You know, there's one fish that's kind of the destination fish on each box. And then there's a skill uh, fish. Like, there's yeah. a real, like, you know, perms on that one. Or I kind of like the SF. Uh, I was trying to think of those. It's like a bonefish. They're not that hard. You know, everybody knows you can catch those. And But then I put a little sneaker fish in there. I put a sheep's head in there because yeah. they're, like, a fish of mine. And, like, that, like, a trigger fish, they can – they've haunted me. And then now it's, like, I figured them out. So it's, like, a little different, you know? <laughs> yeah, for but, sure. For sure. You know, and again, like a GT is not a hard fish to catch as long as you're in the right place and you can cast in the wind and throw big things. Yeah. But 
you know, the is getting to the right place is the tough part with the GT. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly so. And, you know, it's just like a redfish on one of the boxes, you know, but yeah, that I think the biggest challenge now is any new product we have is trying to come up with uh, a kind of like that G the BF boxes, you know, GT tarpon, sailfish and tuna. I'm like, because there's other stuff. I mean, we're, you know, this time we're like making things and, you know, stinks about the IFTD things, but uh, we'll make our we'll make our own party, man. We'll just figure it out. Right. But, you know, roadshow. You know, <laughs> yeah. we got some things that we're playing with, and it's either <clears throat> we know that the fresh is important for a lot of people. We didn't realize how how big that world is, yeah. but it's a big it's world, like, man. Especially in the fly fishing. I mean, it trumps the salt water. You see the salt water more on social media and all that, but the fresh waters where you know, 90% of the business is done, you know? So, oh, yeah. we, sure. We see the same thing on, um, in conventional, everybody wants to see the billfish, the marlin, the tuna, except, you know, all that. Right. But if people looked at this, uh, the statistics of it all, I and mean, it's, it comes down to bass is, cr- I mean, absolutely so far ahead because anybody can do it. And number two, nobody would ever guess it. The market for catfish. Catfishing is Huge. by far like, like, can't even tell you like 75 times bigger than all saltwater combined. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nuts, but like, because you can go out and do it and that's how like freshwater trout fishing is or, or any kind of freshwater fly fishing is you just take your rod out of your car, go down on the bank and cast it. And yeah. boom. For sure. You know, it's great bone fishing or wherever. But the thing is at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we we're limited and especially nowadays, you know, yeah. kind of side doing nothing <laughs> i think the the big thing you got to think about is like accessibility like bass and catfish water temperature wise they can live throughout the entire country you know and and everyone can access a bass or a catfish within probably 10 or 15 minutes of their house and and so yeah. salt water you know redfish there's such a tiny percentage of people it's probably the most caught saltwater fish maybe striper maybe striper is the most caught saltwater fish um, on the East Coast, but there's such a tiny percentage of people when you look at the whole country that actually can access that on a regular basis. So, yeah, the catfishing thing's huge, man. Like, I, I look at some catfishing YouTube channels. Like, I like I don't know why. I never catfish, but I like watching these dudes that are, like, right. hardcore catfishing guys. And they're intense, man. And, and they, they're not going to buy one of your reels. They're going to buy, like, 40 of them because they'll put, like, 40 <laughs> rods and reels off the back of their boat. It's crazy. And little bells and everything. So, now I'm with you on that. I think that... I think diversifying in any business is, is important, and and uh, those catfish guys are badass. They're cool dudes. So, um, yeah, they're hard support. The guys that catfish here catch the biggest striper that we have in our in our river system because they're sitting there with big chunks of bait on the bottom or big, you know, live herring or something, and they're catching the biggest striper that anyone sees. A lot of people don't even realize <laughs> we have that biggest striper in our river, and these guys are just like, keep it quiet, don't tell anybody about this. But, um, well, how long have y'all been doing the fly reels? <clears throat> I guess it's been, I'm trying to think about it now. It's been three years, um, three years for the public and probably five, like two years before that I like developed it and was making it. So it's not been that long. I mean, and you know, it was, a, it was a very soft launch. I just kind of made a reel and yeah. it just showed up, kind of set it in the booth. And I actually remember the conversation I had um, at ICAST. I was kind of put on the edge of fly world and conventional world and, I put one wall that had a picture of a fly reel and it was not even anodized. It was just, just a fly reel made. And man, it was crazy. Cause like, 
wasn't in the show, <clears throat> but I spent all the time and I had one guy that worked for me at the time was just like, man, you're wasting your time. Why did you spend so much time talking to people about the Flyrio? Like the business is over here. And I'm like, I get it, man. But like, it's what I like to do, you know? It's yeah. like, and it's something so different that I could actually, you know, I had some, a little security with their conventional reels and the design and the make and how long they've been going on. I mean, we've been making reels since 2009, but this fly reel was so different. Like I did it totally different than anybody. And I kind of didn't care what anybody else thought because I made it for problems around myself the guide friends that some of those guys you know um and people that have just been on trips that you know every single piece of that reel is a like a, there's a reason behind the shape or this or that there's a person behind it so yeah you know, so it's it was kind of interesting to make the fly reel and then to see where it's gone to and um you know i think the where it could go i mean who knows like definitely bigger and definitely smaller yeah <laughs> that's pretty easy way to say it right for sure i think Let's talk a little bit about the drag because that's the biggest, in my eyes, when I look at it, like that's the biggest difference. And as, as a guide, I see that as such an effective tool um, for a client because, you know, you tell a client to tighten the drag down on a, on a uh, normal fly reel and a lot of times they'll freaking clamp it down. And, and I don't see that as much now. I do some amberjack fishing and stuff in the summer um, and some cobia fishing on the fly rod and that's where drag really plays in. Little redfish. I mean, you, it's, you can clamp the drag down and you probably won't break them off. But like when I was guiding in Louisiana more, I'd have people, you know, need to tighten the drag down and break a fish off or same thing with amberjacks, especially amberjacks because they're digging down trying to get on a wreck and you, somebody's sitting there cranking, cranking on it and you, you'll break through, you know, you either break your fly line or you'll break through your leader. But um, how did that, that drag system kind of come into play? <clears throat> well, I was um, on one of my trips, and I had a guy that had a world record. Actually, it was a one late night. We're on the back of the Mice Dugan, and uh, we're in Cosmo. And and I, this guy's on the stern of the boat, has all these real world records, catching big eye travala, which I had no idea like what they were. I mean, I was so new into this, but I love certain kinds of fish. And yeah. I was like, man, this dude is like tying these leaders, man. He's like, he had like micro glasses, like all this weird <laughs> stuff. And I'm going – all of a sudden he's like boom, and stripping the line out the back of the boat and boom, pop. And then he starts palming his reel and pop. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, Oh, I know how much pressure it is. I'm not, and the first thing I'd said to him, just being like, I could care less. I was just like, Oh yeah. What do you do? Like lotion your hands. <laughs> like, how do you know how much pressure? Because in bill fishing or, Offshore fishing, you, you use the drag, you set your drag, you use your scales at night before you go out. If anything varies a touch, you just you, you put it down. You're like, that's something's wrong with that reel. Right. <clears throat> and you never drag your hands or thumbs on the bells or anything. You try not to ever. Because, and then, and then it kind of made me think. I'm like, bill fishermen use a lot of fiberglass rods. They've got all this heavy duty terminal tackle. And then you get to the, and their, you know, the technology of their equipment isn't really there. It's still in the mid eighties, nineties. And some of the guys rods are getting much, much better, but the select, I mean, most of the guys with big sport fishes are using glass rods and big, heavy equipment. Yeah. Fly guys, nano resin rods, you've got <clears throat> leaders, the tippets, and you've got breaking and you've got like flies and you've got hooks and you've got all these crazy little knots and they're like Agile. super technically. But yeah, and then you get to like the drag, and then they're like, "Oh, let's just palm the thing," and I'm like, "Whoa!" 
Yeah. This has got like, so I knew that if you could limit somebody's drag range, which nobody can do in the business, like that's what we did. Like I just knew that if I could make it where you use one hand and, and like, I don't like the idea of switching hands. Like, I think it doesn't make sense when I'm pulling on a fish, it's better to pull on this certain arm. You cast this way and then you kind of roll your hand right. Once you stick a fish and you can just roll the pressure on. Yeah. And it was purely about like shutting down a fish, um, you know, but yet to your breaking strength. So then the next thing on that was just like, how do you make it easy where you preset it and then you don't have to think about it. And that came up one day when, I was in uh, one of those islands out there and we're eating lunch like usual. And you're like sitting there and your last fish you had was probably a GT on your 12 and it's just sitting there. And all of a sudden here comes a shark and then you're eating this little sandwich and they're like, get it, get it. And you jump up and you go to strip your line and it goes, and you're like, Oh, hold on. You know, do that whole thing. Try to roll cast it out, get your line out. And then, you're it's just a it's a total takes too much time yeah and those fish are fast and they're gone done so the the system came up there where you just pull the lever forward and you can dump you know start stripping stripping and then once you make your cast you never switch hands you can just like once you clear your line you just feather on the, the drag as much as you need um and you know what it is so like to me it made total sense yeah um and then all of a sudden I kind of came across people like Scott and Joel, you know, Brian, Sarah, Chris Sheeters, and all these people that started just started going ping, 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 coming around me. And they were like, you mean I can, I mean, I remember Scott saying, you mean I can set the drag specifically to the amount I want? And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, set it and leave it alone. Like, don't touch the little blue thing again. So, and he was like, well, I could have one on my boat and then all of a sudden it became a, I want a one on my right hand I need one on my left hand because my client will bring their own gear and then their stuff will get messed up and I'll pull out one of yours and let them use it yeah um, and I've already preset it so they just have to move the lever and and once someone figures it out when they're fishing it's like ah uh, they did basically it's a ah uh, yeah you yeah. see it and they're and then it shows when you see customers come by the booth and they're like, they own them and they're like with their friend going, oh, look, you just go like that. You know, when I'm like, and then like this and, and <laughs> all of a sudden you're like laughing because it went off. And when it does go off, it makes such a difference. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think like Joel, for example, was one of the ones that really told me, well, it was another guy kind of started me and then Joel realized that how many rods the reel will save. Because once you get a That's big That's a really good it, point. You know, it's like, boom, he's like, I get a fish on and then, and offshore fishing, you, you know, you're, you're, you're bringing in the fish and your reel. And once the, uh, wire, like guy on the leader starts to leader your fish, he then, once you get the, he's on the wire and he's on it, then you dump it to free spool in case that fish blows out of his hands. And then you just point the rod and then you just roll back on the drag. So all of a sudden, I was telling these guys, once somebody gets on the bow and you imagine you're leaning back, you've walked back in the cockpit and you're going down to grab that leader, uh, that tarpon, and when you get down there to grab it, and all of a sudden, once you grab it, I just dump it in a free spool. If he blows out of your hands or a shark chases it or whatever, yeah. you can you can then roll on your line quick after you get clear of everything, your boat. I mean, it happened with port down in uh, Clearwater with us the first test day I've ever took the reel with somebody outside of just myself and a close friend. 
and we had a huge tarp and smash it at night. And then they went through the pilings and I just dumped it in free school. We ran through, then he came back to the same gate and we were like, you were like, we've got something. We've got, we've got something here. (laughs) So, so that's kind of like, I mean, it's definitely trials, but like it didn't go very far. I mean, like the original originals, you know, we got them still sitting around here. Um, but then we had to refine it because it yeah. was definitely ugly, um, you know, and everybody's worried about the lever getting caught with line. And I tell, tell you, my best friend screamed at me, he's a super avid fly fisherman, fished all over the world, taught me about it, got me into this whole thing. Um, and he was like, if that lever catches the line one time, you're done. I'm like, shut up, <laughs> shut up. You know, I like try to half hitch it. I'm throwing line on it at the shop, trying to do all these weird things. And, you know, so some people worry about that. Um, no, it doesn't get in the way. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, the whole, you know, it's kind of a weird whole design, too. Like people talk about sealed, you know, too. And we, we sit around and just laugh about sealed because we're like, reason why I made it to be taken apart is because I remember on one of those first trips over in the Seychelles, like us. You know, I didn't ever get to see all these cool reels, but I'm a reel maker, so I don't, I love looking at reels. So if a guy's on a boat, something goes wrong, I'm like, let me see it. I'll take it apart. I can figure it out. Yeah. You know, I got a pile and a knife or something. I can get into it. And a couple of guys are like, I can't get into these. I was like, dude, you got that reel? Can I see it? He's like, yeah, it doesn't work. And I'm like, well, that stinks. Let's get in it. And he goes, you can't. And I'm like, yeah, you can. Then I get at it and I'm like, I can't, I need my shop to like right. make a tool get inside of it to hold it. And, and it kept going on and on. And, and I was like, this is crazy. And the only reels that were still surviving over there, ones that for gods were ones that they could take apart. So that's kind of why, you know, some of the take apart <clears throat> seal seal. Um, I believe in it. Like, um, uh, cars on a brake. I mean, brakes on a car. Like I always tell people that story. Like, when you're um, driving down the road, you got your GT3 car, right? And you're like sliding down the road and um, and all of a sudden the light goes from yellow to red. You don't worry that the Porsche can't stop in the rain, do you? Right. I mean, no. it doesn't have covers and seals on the brakes. I mean, everybody nowadays, I mean, 95% of the cars on the market today, are, brakes are pretty exposed, yeah. you know, as long yeah. as it's the right material. <clears throat> Not that airs are exposed. It is encapsulated. Um you don't need to worry about it. Yeah. It's, yeah. But it is good to be able to take it apart. I've had plenty of not like I've always fished Nautilus for the longest time. Yeah. Um, and I, I've had to take plenty of those apart and they're a pain in the butt to get apart and put them back together. And they say they're sealed. You never have to take them apart, but that's not true at all. <laughs> so what is, is a professional like yourself or like, like a, a, a weekend fisherman or a person that's a destination fisherman that's going to fish four times a year where they might fish a week for four times or four weeks of fishing. That's a lot of fishing. Right. Those are the ones that are also, it's kind of, um, you got to be an extra attentive, like paying attention. It's kind of like a God's boat. He doesn't have to worry about it starting every morning because you're on it every day. Right. The people that are coming on vacation and jump on their boat every two times a year, you got to worry. So for like, sure. you know, maintenance and, and being able to take it apart and go inside it or look at it and clean it. It's just, it's a good practice. Um, we recommend it to anybody. It doesn't change a warranty. It doesn't matter what reel we had. If you get jammed up, we could get on one of these things and go, Oh, that little thing, flip it over, put that on. Yeah. That's super cool. So here's a so, question for you. When are y'all going to integrate voice activation to your reels like Alexa? So you could be like Siegler, Titan drag. And then the drag <laughs> tightens down a little bit on it while you're fighting the fish. <laughs> 
we're going to find out how many people watch this. I have a patent idea right now that I am so sick and tired of hearing on their other world. It's not this. Well, actually, we could do it on this one, too, because yeah. I do hear it a lot. Um, I wanted to make a Bluetooth activated cell phone clicker because I, I hate clickers. They get on my nerves. So offshore guys, they said, I need it louder. I need it quieter. I need it this. I'm like, well, just turn it up on your phone. You have your clicker go off and it's like on your cell phone. Or That's put it awesome. in your stereo. Oh, the clicker's going off. You know, so uh, clickers could be one of those things that yeah. voice activated. Oh, for, I know? think we're going to see it soon. Not in like reels and rods and stuff as much, but like your low rants, your Simrad, your trolling motor. You know what I mean? Where you could say like, you know, tr- like Minkota, turn left slightly, you know, or keep turning. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like voice activation is going to be a big thing that comes into play. I wish I knew how to do stuff like that because I would start making a voice activated trolling motor or GPS right now, but I don't really know how to do, <laughs> do much anything. <laughs> yeah, just on that, by the way. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> Go for it, go for it. A little more like, no, you idiot, go back the other way. <laughs> yeah, be awesome. Spinning circles, yeah. Maybe the GPS, like what's the water temperature, what are my coordinates, that kind of stuff. How deep is it? But um, that's sweet. So let's talk a little bit about y'all's other reels because that's kind of what y'all started with, your bread and butter. And um, and there's, there's two fly reels, right? Oh, there's three now. There's three now. Okay, sweet, sweet. Um, awesome. Well, let's... SF. Yeah, so we got the big one, the BF, and that's kind of like our 12 plus. Then we got our MF, it's like our 9, 10, 11. Okay. And then we got our SF, it's like 6, 7, 8. Nice. So, Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, so here's our conventional. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, if you can see uh, conventional. We have seven models out. Uh, this is our smallest. It's um, This is our SGN. It's a lever drag as well. Um, that's probably our most popular especially the kayakers and stuff like that um and then we move all the way up to our os which is our offshore small that's our kind of our billfish kind of guy um and they're all pretty much built the same just different sizes and we got a a a surf caster um as well okay yeah yep yeah so that's the whole side of like the way how you can have so many little models and cover the board it's kind of like our fly reels all the parts, I try to keep them as uh, universal for all the reels as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, clamps for little reels to the big reel will work together. Same way on fly reels. Somebody calls and said, hey, I, I, you know, I dropped my lever. The lever works on a BF and an MF and an SF together. Preset knobs, all the parts are interchangeable. Gotcha. Um, except, of course, like the drag. Well, there's a couple pieces in there that are different. Of course, like a spool in a main case. Um, but it's part of like, you know, because we make everything right here. And mm-hmm. yeah. There's no big box of sand, you know, it comes in from a different shop. It's like, yep, we make it. And we can tell you like, yep, that was that batch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> or, you know, and we don't really make too big of batches. I mean, people probably think we make thousands of things. I mean, we make about 500 reels a month in this shop for across the board from conventional to fly and flies probably about 50 to 75 reels a month. Um, you know, we'll do little batches of about, you know, 150, 200 of the fly reels. And then we, you know, then they go through the process of from machining um, out of raw billet pieces to, you know, deburring them where you use a knife and you're cutting the edges and trying to make them not sharp um, to polishing to sending them to out to anodize. So when you get the color that's done outsourced, we send it up the road to we have two shops that do it. Um, and then, you know, we get them back and we assemble them and, and, and basically put them in little boxes and we burn the boxes and yes, we do and stain the boxes and you really, that's awesome. 
that's what that's not that awesome. <laughs> it's cool as the, from the consumer man the time that's put into it and like the love and the care for the product is is awesome and i think you see a lot of maybe like in your spin fishing world you don't people don't care as much about that kind of stuff but um offshore guys fly guys you know surf casters i think they really want their gear to work well they don't mind spending extra money uh, kayak guys as well like they, they you know they're going to go out with a little bit of gear and they want it to work well and to be able to trust it and to know um you know to know that the people that built the reels like I, i'm 100 percent going to start selling my reels and, and buying y'all's reels after this 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 talk so it'll be a slow transition but it'll it's definitely going to happen so uh, just to be able to build a relationship. I mean, I've been fishing. I mean, I like Nautilus reels. They're great reels, but I've been fishing with them for a long time and I've got no relationship with anyone at Nautilus, you know, and to be able to like have a, have a relationship built with the person that, that of the product you're fishing, I think is huge. I mean, that, that's, that's been my favorite part about this whole conversation. So, um, with, with the start of building the more conventional reels, was that a side of the fishing that you used to do a lot more of? Um, or was that yeah. kind of the niche market that you saw there in Virginia beach as you started? Well, we were up on the Chesapeake Bay a little farther north about for about two years ago almost. Mm -hmm. We moved down here. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, I went offshore and um, I just uh, retired from bike racing and I was kind of like getting my other world back to fishing because I love fishing as a kid. That's all I did and, you know, played sports and fished. And I was offshore and we had this white marlin bike that went off here. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I've one, heard the uh, stories. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, and like yeah. that's really what happened. And I mean, literally, I called some boys at uh, Shimano, and we like my guy ahead of like uh, like marketing, and I said, "Dude, can you hook me up with some reels?" You know, he didn't hook me up with anything. He said, "What kind of wheels?" And I'm like, "Reels, not wheels." And uh, <laughs> he said, man, "Make stuff, make make your own." And that was the worst thing probably could have happened. And then you know, just led from there that. Um, yeah, it was striper fishing was really big and trolling for them. I know it sounds kind of boring, but the art of trolling, like tons of rods, is kind of like kite fishing. So yeah. if you had a, like first, it's like six rods and people think they're doing something. Then you're like 12. Then all of a sudden, I mean, I was fishing with a good friend of mine, Sandy Fisher, and did a lot of tournament fishing and with him, and, and it's like 36 rods. Oh, like my 36. gosh. Can you and, even turn you know, can you turn it all? You can turn, you can do it, and you're like, lines, and you're like, and it's like, I got the left side, and the worst thing you could ever see is a pine tag in the water, because you have to clear lines, you know, and you're like, because they'd pick up on the, you know, leaders and stuff. Oh, yeah. But it was like, um, <clears throat> it was like, the light small was it, we could make a powerful little reel, and the way we made it was, in the very beginning, I, I designed it to go for big stripers, because like 40, 50 pound fish for nothing, you just call through like those size fish a right. lot. Um, and they're kind of like, they're not the biggest fighters. So we had to test them and, and we would go off to offshore wrecks and stuff like that. And a friend of mine, close guy, Ryan Rogers and I would, uh, go out there on his boat and we'd fish off the towers for AJs and, you know, they will test your stuff. Bam, oh, yeah. you know, little reel. At that time, people were drinking almost thirties out there to mess with those, you know, and mm -hmm. awkward. So we got little jig sticks and started doing real light tackle. Um, and then it just kept going like I'd have this one single model. I mean, I remember walking into a tackle store and uh, in the early days and the guy was like, how many skews do you have? And it's actually Fred at Tackle Direct. And I'm like, I didn't even know what a skew was. <laughs> Dude, I was like, what's a skew? And the sales rep at the time was looked at me and goes, hold on, Wes, really? I'm like, no, what is it? And he goes, well, you have a, you know, this color and this color. That's two. Now you have two. And I'm like, oh, okay, got it. Got two skews. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, I knew that. <laughs> In a meeting where they said they would commit 
to me to buy a product that we were making one at a time. And then it just kept going like, you know, somebody uh, uh, was like, I need a little bigger one. And I'm like, make a next size. And the same with the fly reels. I mean, I got pushed heavy into the SF by Joel Dickey. Um, heavy, heavy. That was his big thing. Yeah. He wanted that stinking reel so bad. And, you know, and I just like Scott or somebody. I mean, every one of these people pushed me and they asked for something. And, I'm, and I always say to people, like, I always listen for the wish. Like, I wish you just had a blah, blah, blah. Like, you might say, I wish that this was like this. And that's the one, that's what I'm listening for. And it's not that, it's just, it's crazy because that's all, like, I accidentally listen for subconsciously. And then all of a sudden, I'm at home at night, drawing late, late, late at night, trying to figure it out. So, um, <laughs> that's cool. you know, and it's like, yeah. like yeah, this year at IFTD, I'm, I'm sitting there, and actually, it was a Jersey show. I'm walking by a good friend of mine. Like, that's how this whole thing starts. Relationships, look, that's where it is. I'm like going by friends, old blue halo quartz. I'm like, what's up, dude? <laughs> you know, and his little bald head and everything, his big beard. And I'm like, what's up? And I'm like, there's nothing in my world that's like court, right? I got hair, I got no beard, I'm tall, he's little. I can relate to him. <laughs> he can I can relate, relate to, him. to him as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, I go by his booth and he's like slow glass rods. It's like, oh, I'm into this smoothness and oh, just be, and I'm like, I like fast, powerful rods that can shoot in the wind. I love that's I like that. Yeah. But I walk by his booth and I see this one rod that he just made and I was like, damn it, you know? I'm like, that is the sickest little noodly looking thing I've ever seen in my life. But it's like all the color. It was like her. I was like, I gotta make a. I gotta make a like. Three, three weight, I guess. I said, like, what weight is that thing? And he told me, and it's like, I was like, I gotta make something. I want to make it super uber, like minimalist. And uh, he just, you know, that's where it started. And it's been in my head bad. And he knows, like I come up, I'm driving down the road, screaming out the design of how to do it on the way back from Atlanta, you know? So that's how it starts. That's cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so. for sure. For sure. Um, well, that's awesome, man. That's super cool. And I, I've always wanted to. Uh, you talked about that white marlin bite. Have you got? Have y'all gotten some of those on the fly up there? Have you been able to? I haven't. It's, yeah, it's been funny because once I started making reels, it's like the less fishing I did offshore, and then all of a sudden it was like closer home. There was more inshore, and I think that's what fly kind of came around because I would get up in the morning and I wouldn't even use my big boat anymore, and just sat at the dock. And the next thing I was like. I got a little skiff. I got a little dolphin. Next thing you know, I'm tiller skiffing around everywhere and, and casting in shore. Next thing you know, it's on fly because you can go out quick. Yeah, so, for sure. So, like, getting back into that, I definitely need to go play with, with some billfish. Um, I know Chris is, and I have been talking about it and Brian and about well, I got to get down there and mess with them. I just still love the ability just to walk just walk down something and just see my own fish. Like I don't want you to tell me where my fish is. Right. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? I like, do. And, so it's, it's kind of a little different piece right now, you know, for me. So, and, and time constraints, but yeah, it's everybody in the shop here pretty much fishes except for probably one. I think it's one. Person. You probably need one guy that doesn't fish. Like he doesn't care about the fish. He just cares about the product. And the, you know, you can get a little sidetracked yeah. by the fish sometimes. <laughs> So yeah, sure. we've, we've taken him and we put him on big things. He's called big, crazy fish. And he's like, Oh, that's cool. And we're like, you just called a Goliath. That was pretty seriously <laughs> cool. 
and fish my whole life. I've never caught one of those. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right, like, right. And then it's like, and then he's like, gets back to the office. He's like, yeah. I'm like, you want to go fishing tomorrow? He's like, uh, yeah. And then he never calls you. You ping him at five thirty <laughs> in the morning, over and over. And then you like, is it a nighttime, daytime thing? Like, you can't get up in the morning. So hey, yeah, for sure. Well, is there any? Uh, this might be a question you can't answer, but is there any anything new in the works? So y'all have some some new stuff. You're talking about the smaller reel. Is there anything else to keep our eyes out for with with Siegler reels? I mean, yeah. yeah I, mean, I think the big thing is like we come. To, I think we're going to be making a road show tour because oh, of this fall. Um, <laughs> the Sprinter van will visit you soon. No, nice. um, no, definitely. I'm um, working on right now is a tarpon reel. Nice. I mean, I'm just I don't care. Yeah. Just you know, I'm going right for it. Like, yeah, it's, it's Joel wants this reel and he won't shut up until I make it. And I made it, and now it's so close to uh, being right. It's high retrieval rate. Um, um, that's in the immediate works. The other works is um, it's something for somebody very special to me. It's Chris Sheeter. Um, I'm making something that's really, 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 really big for bill fishing and. That dude's been a believer in us, and it means much, so much to me that, like, I don't care if we sell one. Yeah, I don't awesome. care if we sell zero because Chris Sheeter is the best bill fisherman, period, I think, for fly in the world. And um, he's believed in us and as a company and people, and and he could have anything in the world he wants, you know, and he, he's, he's – you know, he, he just, you know, that's to me. So, you know what? He's going to get a Chris Sheeter one, and that's if we only sell zero, then good. I don't care. Yeah, um, that's really cool. So then that's that's kind of super niche but then I, I do think um think we have an area, you know, for what I saw down in your area, down to Charleston. It's a huge thing for me. I'm, I'm talking to Ryan about it every day. It drives me crazy is that we make this fishing reel, and I have these kids that, like, I have a gap of, like, people that pay it that know about us. Like, the gap is – um, I would say in between like 30, 35 30, and up and like 55. Right. So the guy that's retired kind of knows about us. So the guy that's, you know, you know, has a little time and, you know, usually a business owner that wants to support yeah. a business that, you know, believes in us. Um, but yet we have this crowd of kids, like I'm at the Hadrill's point event. Right. And I'm there for their low country event. And I get a little dude come up and he's like, he's like, Hey sir, picks up the reel. Right. And it's like, and I'm like, yeah, how you doing, buddy? And his granddad's with him, right? And he's like, just the best fly reel in the world. It's got the trophy next to it. And I'm like, no, dude, it's not. I mean, it's just a fish in there, right? Right. And he's like, no, it's the best. And, and the granddad looks at it. He's like, yeah, it's a fishing reel. And he's like, you like one? He's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden he goes, how much is it? And I'm like, uh, he just picked up the BF. And I'm like, uh, $1,500. $1,500. <laughs> right. And uh, the grandpa's like, put it down. I'm like, nah, it's cool. He can hold it. He can do whatever. It's a fishing reel. Don't breathe on um, it. <laughs> so after that happened the first time, I counted. And I think it was on that that event. It was the first year I was down there. We had 12 or 13 kids come by between under the ages of 16 that knew. Like, And I asked the little dude, I was like, dude, what do you fish for? He's like, I fish for bass and I fish for drum. And I'm like, and then I'm like, what you, what's your favorite fly? He's like, clouser. Totally clouser. I mean, these are like skateboarded out and kids that oh, should yeah. not be fit. And I'm like, whoa. Next thing you know, another kid, another kid, another kid. And I'm going, I am loud. Now I'm so irritated, like beyond belief. Like he knows, like it bothers me to death that I wasn't a kid that could buy all this crazy expensive stuff growing up. And, but I'm like, I, I, this kid could get a kayak. He could get a boat for as much as a real cost. Right. I mean, he could get a boat. And I'm like, a real, that doesn't count the rod. 
So um, to me, I got to figure out something for the little dudes, you know? And I think I figured it out. And The Grom is what it needs to be called. Uh-huh. <laughs> it needs to be called the Grom. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. little Grom reel. That's it. That, but like, that's it because, like, you know, they believe in us. And, you know, I love talking to every one of those little dudes. Like, they're the – they're. I don't – man, if Scott tells me how I jump like. I had three looks and two takes and one hook and one jump. And I'm like, uh, okay, cool. Next. Little dude's like, man, I just stuck a speck with you. I stuck a speck right in his face. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know? For sure. But, but that's the kind of thing, you know, I'm seeing that, uh, especially your area down in Charleston is like, man, it's like the kids aren't there. They are going on the water and they are fishing with the fly rod and, and spinning rod, but the spinning rods coming down and the fly rods going up. We're hearing and sure. we're seeing um, kids are. I mean, and, and you got to give it to all these shops, like these events and stuff. Like they're not old river runs through it stuff. We're not a bunch of Orvis khaki wearing, you know, safari looking people. We're like <laughs> kids are like tying their own flies and right. they're getting into it and they're having little you know classes for kids where they come in and tie a fly and leave and that's what it's about you know it's not a you know it's kind of cool yeah the uh image of what a someone who fly fishes is changing drastically for sure i mean you're so right when you said safari looking like with the little cap and uh you know khaki shirts on cargo pant cargo shorts like that's not the fly fishing anymore hopefully it's not hopefully it will never be again i think i think it's on a Credits got to go out to Keith and the crew from South Africa. I mean, those guys came to the game and definitely changed it. And, you know, and it's, you're watching it spawn all over, yeah. but like board shorts, backpack running through the waves, you know, you're not sitting on a rock or on the bow of the boat, just perched there going, Oh, where is it? You know, and yeah. talking, it's like, dude, all oh, rods breaking and stuff hanging up. I mean, that's what kind of drove me crazy to go to Cosmo on my first trip over there. I was in, you know, I went to Alphonse and fished and caught so many different fish. Like you, you have no idea. Like I'm not one of these people that's like, I'm not going to blind cast. Yeah, I am. No fish around. And there's a gut right there. I'm throwing it in the hole. Yeah, for sure. Um, and something's going to eat. But like all of a sudden I got around there. There's like a little bit wilder, um, yet super guides. Like, it just taught me and I got to see like, man, I actually like this. This is like, you know, you don't have to be, Oh, 10 and two, 10 and two. It's like, just get the fly over there, man. And that's what I learned out of cast. Like who cares what it looks get like. Get it over there and make sure it's quick. It's yeah. out there. Yeah, exactly. it's out there. Um, I, I, this is just a thought that I think I thought just thought about. It's like blowing up a rod on a big fish is like when I, I used to skateboard a bunch as a kid and surf a bunch. It's like when you like go for something, you break your skateboard or, you know, you pull into a huge barrel and it breaks your surfboard in half. Like that's how I feel like when I'm like hooked up to a big AJ and he like slams me into the gun on my rod blows up and I break him off. And I'm like, that was badass. Like I want to do that again, <laughs> even though it was like an $800 mistake, but it was that's still really cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. I, no, I had that experience. I re- like, so everybody on the trips knew I was coming to making a reel and this guy's essentials and they all knew I was coming with something. And I remember I get off the plane. I'm sweating profusely because I'm so nervous that I brought only the reels I made. Like I didn't bring one backup and you make a trip like that. I had files. I had all the stuff to fix my little reels and all the guys knew about it. And they were like, dude, bring it out. Let's look at it. It had no anodized. It was totally junky looking little reel, had a lever. And one guy was like, I want you tomorrow. 
he goes, I know you don't like to, you know, drunk, like stir them up on top, you know, with those little poppers. He's like, but let's just, let's just chest the drag really quick. And there's some monsters. And, um, first fish is like eight in the morning. First day we smashed a massive one on it. And, uh, the new little ribs just went and just put the e-brake on the dude. And we were using, you know, like a hundred pound leader. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. And he went down and and you know i'm used to jigging while so i'm pulling on the rod and she just goes boom everywhere and so before josh could even get back to like try to help me like i'm like reaching out get the other part of the rod holding it with my foregrip you know like together and i'm fighting it it breaks again i'm like yeah and then i just <laughs> like swat him up to the boat and it's like three minutes and he's like Yep, your drag works. I'm like, yeah, for sure. You know, I'm bleeding because I don't know what cut me. It was probably a sharp <laughs> piece of metal on my reel, and I think it was actually. <laughs> and, and there's like a picture of a rod like over my shoulder. It's like this long, like, and it's like, yes, I don't care what that rod cost me, but it was like, like you said. And after then, I haven't busted up too much stuff, but yeah. it was a moment that I knew that it, it, this really could work, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. I got, let me show you something real quick. These are from uh, three rods from about a week ago, shark fishing, all broken. <laughs> all in one day. I broke one and my buddy broke two of them. They're all Scott rods I got to send back. So, it, I mean, it happens. You just got to laugh about it and, and, and hope that yeah, they'll uh, rip it up. You know, like that has happened. High fives around the boat and, Grab your other one if you have one, or your friends, and hopefully don't break that one. I, yeah, I think sure. that's what we'll see. Like when that fish gets up close, especially shark fishing. I know um, there was an aha moment with Andrew from down in uh, Jacksonville. He uh, they were fishing some stuff, and he has a fish on, and like he came up to me at the eyecast show. I was like, dude, you just didn't explain it right. And I'm like, what? And he's like, the lever. Like when the shark gets up under the boat, you can dump it and let him. You know when they yeah. decide to do some weird stuff. And you have the power to get right back on him really quick without, you know, that's that helps the rod guys in their warranty department. So, you know, um, no, it's tough, but like it is a feature um, handles, big handles for that, all that stuff. But no, I, I think sharks are one of the fish that we kind of thinking about around here. Like this summer, we're going to have some fun with Cobia and definitely sharks. Are, oh, the sharks are so uh, fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I could just fly way. fish for sharks and be be completely content. Yeah. But um, no, I think that's huge. That lever being able when you were mentioning that earlier, be able to release it by the boat. Like even albacore fishing in the fall and the spring. Like I break a, break a couple rods. Clients break their rods because you know you have them. They're doing that little tuna circle under the boat and they decide to go that way and it just tink you know rod on the gunnel and breaks it. You know barely even has to hit it. But if you got that built up amount of pressure. Uh, and you got to reach over and, and undo your drag, you know, on a traditional reel. It's, you just can't do it quick enough on a fish like that. They're gonna if they're gonna break you, it's gonna be way too quick to to do anything about it. But with that quick lever, man, you could do it so much quicker, which is which is awesome. So um, is there? So we're kind of I, I have to run here in just a second. I wish we could keep going for a long time. Is there anything else that that y'all want to touch on or talk about before we before we get off the podcast? And we'll probably have to do another one, like. Maybe every time I'll come out with a new product, we'll just hop on. This is a fun one. We can just talk about it and let people know about a new product or something like that. So, well, I think, man, the big thing is that during all this craziness going on, I mean, I think everybody's just got to remember just to support local and yeah. like you know, just remember like these fly shops. I mean, right when it was going down, Ben Bueller sent out something and and he just said, "Hey guys, just just if you can go into a shop and just buy one thing, 
it makes a huge difference. Um, just it does. For us, it makes a difference. I mean, it keeps us uh, all of us fed, and, and and really does keep us fed. We don't we don't make a lot of other stuff around here at all. I mean, it's fish and reels, and every once in a while I'll do a little side thing. But um, it's uh, support uh, support each other, and you know we'll make it through it, and let's yeah. just keep fishing. You know? Definitely, definitely. I think that's huge. Support local, especially like ninety percent of. Not all of it, but a lot of the fly fishing world is, is a passion project. You know, like people are doing it because they love it. They're not doing it because they're trying to make a, a billion dollars. They're doing it because they really love the people and they love the product. And I see that with y'all for sure. Um, so yeah, definitely, you guys, if y'all haven't, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut her, shut the show down now. Do a little out, out outro. But if y'all haven't, you know, taken a good look at Siegler reels, definitely check them out. Whether you, you're looking at conventional or trolling reels or fly reels, I'm definitely gonna start making the switch over to their stuff. And and I think that y'all should as well. So. Um, go give them a follow on Instagram. I'll have uh, their website and all their social media platforms listed in the show notes on the podcast, um, as well as the YouTube video. So, uh, so check that out. And you guys, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, we'll have to maybe get on the water sometime together or do something. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have a guy at the workout, and we'll do it again. And yeah, get on the water. Right yeah. on. Tell Will there. Yeah, I will. I will tell Will. Hey, I, he's. I can never keep up with him. He's all over the place. But <laughs> next time I see him, I'll tell him. I'll tell him what's up. But um, yeah, thank you all so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll, we'll, we will see you all in the next episode. Later.